if the desired state is agility, the way there should be agile. Welcome to the Ball.com Tech Lab podcast. In this podcast, we share our experience with you, peeking behind the screens of IT and tech in general at Ball.com, showing you our approach to IT, e-commerce and retail platforms. We are looking into the things that we are enthusiastic about that are happening here. As always, we have a bunch of ideas to share in this series. This is how we do IT. I'm hosting the show together with Peter Brouwers. My name is Peter Paul van der Beek. We both performed several roles in IT here at Bold.com. With that background and all the experience that came with it, we're really looking forward to sharing insights and learnings with you. Ever since we started our journey into Agile and Scrum, we have been wondering whether we were on the right path for business and IT agility. Way back when we were with seven Scrum teams, scaling wasn't the most important issue. With our growth came challenges for scaling our Agile way of working. We have been on a few plateaus where I've been searching for the next step, as have been uh, other companies on the same venture. Today, we talk about some of the things we learned along the way of scaling Agile, and we look into where we stand today and what could be our next leap. Our guests of today are deep into this. They are part of the transition team. So let's introduce them to you. Today's guests are Jorien Brangert. She performed in several roles uh, in the webshop and also got involved in Agile at Scale. And she's currently the lead in the flight level stream. I think we'll come back to that later. And then we have uh, Hessel de Gelder. He has worked uh, a lot in the supply chain uh, side. Um, always been interested in uh, strategy and innovation. And he's currently the lead in the product team stream. Welcome. Great to have you here. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Hey, yeah, we, I think the complete our complete journey won't fit into this uh, episode, so we have to uh, to cherry pick uh, from it. Um, yeah, could you already share some of the things we've done in the past to uh, yeah make our agile way of working scale? Yeah, so looking back, um, it's it's almost ten years ago that I started started working at Bold.com, and then we started doing Scrum. So. That was maybe the, one of the first transitions that we made from doing waterfall projects to an agile way of delivering uh, value to our customer. And then I think that the, the second transformation that was of a huge impact for us um, was moving towards a microservices-oriented landscape. That's a mouthful, but I think I said it right. Um, and then uh, one of our other colleagues was, was uh, a couple of years back busy with uh, what we called the Man on the Moon project, where we wanted to see if we could um, fasten up or speeden up the way that we did releases to production, mm -hmm. because at that point, we sometimes had eight weeks before we released a new um, uh, yeah, version of the, of the website to production. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that was a very successful transformation, because today we uh, teams are, are able to go to production with their services whenever they want, uh, 24 hours a day. But the first three transformations that I that I just mentioned were all very focused on, on uh, the development phase. Mm -hmm. uh, how can we go faster with, with developing code and, and adding code to production? And if you look at the whole chain of an, of an idea, when in, an idea starts, 
to the realization of an ID on production and the feedback loop, loop back to that ID, uh, then there are so much more phases than just uh, the development phase where the Scrum team comes in. And I think that the first three transformations are very focused on, on that development phase. And now is the time that we look at the whole chain from ID to realization. And that's what we call business agility. Mm -hmm. And we have to take a look at every step in that chain uh, to go faster and to um, to impact uh, in an in a more efficient way. Yeah. So basically, if I if I hear you correctly, if you put it in a fabrication kind of way, that we would have enormous amount of uh, work in process in the in the early phases, and that we would speed up the the thing, uh, the machinery in the in the software development uh, phase. And now we're looking. Okay, how can we do this whole this whole chain of of Things that has to be done from this ID to software in production, how can we speed up the complete change? Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So before if an, a functionality is shown to a customer and is being used by a customer, there are so many steps in that whole process. One person has an ID and then it has to be designed, for example. So there is a whole designing phase. And then there is a phase with the business analyst. Then there might be an experiment where you validate if, if the ID that you have is a good ID. Um, and and in, in, in that way, there are so many more phases than only the phase of coding it and, and pushing it to production as fast as possible. And we, we've gotten the most out of, of that uh, development phase. And now we have to take a look at every other step in that whole chain. And if I'm correct, we all did, did some experimenting with it, this in the last couple of years. Uh, I've seen some things where there was at least more focus on, on these. Working a little bit funnels and, and stuff like that, where we try to um, optimize this already, or, or is that...? Yeah, I think that there are some... some um, some optimization going on mm -hmm. in, in our uh, company. For one, for example, uh, in which I was involved, is that we used to have a, a department with business analysts and in the, in the department with designers and then a separate department with product owners and the scrum teams working with those product owners. Uh, and two years ago, we decided, well, that's a very waterfall way of doing those, those different departments. So we mm -hmm. decided to put those um, capacities and all of those disciplines together in one team. So that was a huge step forward because instead of having all of these moments where you go from the, from one department to the other department, it was all gathered around one goal and in one team. Mm -hmm. Okay. So and um, did, did we learn from looking at our software development there or how did we come to um, yeah, to 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 a way of optimizing this, wh 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 where did we look for? Where were we, where were we searching for answers, basically? Yeah, so I think that we we learned a lot from the years of experience in in, in doing Scrum and in the mm -hmm. theory of Scrum. Um, um, we're we're looking at different companies and the way they do their work and how are they optimizing. We learned a lot from um, uh, an external speaker that was here in October, Klaus Leopold, who gave us the insight that if you want to go faster, you shouldn't look at one team, but of the you should look at the interaction of multiple mm -hmm. teams, yeah. and, and because everybody's working in um, in a chain, yeah. and that chain is no longer it used to be one 
one team had one chain, but now there's so many teams in the chain that you need to optimize yeah. the way that they interact with each other. Uh, so I think that we've always been very familiar with the theory on, of Scrum, mm -hmm. and um, and 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 we're we're constantly looking for for how to improve. And I think it's just the situation now at Boldacom is that a lot of people are fr frustrated about this and feel the pain. Yeah. Uh, and that we realize that we've maybe ne neglected this topic for a few few years and, yeah. and that we need to focus on it more. So yeah. now is the time uh, to, to solve that. And I, I think you, you came up with this program. It, it, I think it's a program, yeah? the, ed, uh, the Agile at Skill, right? That's, uh, so, and uh, like Peter Paul already said in the, in the introduction, you're leaders of, of one of the streams. Can you, uh, Hessel, explain to us the, the setup of the program and, and the streams? Yeah, of course. Um, it's quite a struggle to, to, to capture this problem we are having uh, within Ball.com or to define it. Because what we see is that every department has its own uh, special things and its own way of working. So it's very hard to find a generic way to define the problem and the things we're trying to solve. But we tried our best and uh, we have defined a couple of work streams where we try to work in parallel on different kind of topics. And like you, Paul, Peter Paul mentioned in the introduction, uh, we are both leading one of the streams. Um, so uh, in total, there are like eight streams. So shall I just just uh, introduce streams. them okay. a little I, bit? I had in mind it were four, so it's already very insightful yeah, for me as well. Very, <laughs> it's very agile, uh, our approach. Um, okay. But it, indeed, there are four main streams uh, which are impacting the team like in the short term. Uh, uh, but there, there are some other streams which we need to enable uh, those four streams. So let me get over it. Maybe it, it makes sense uh, when I uh, explain yeah. a little bit further. Um, so the first uh, stream is about uh, effective product management. So um, what we see is that we focus too much on delivering code, whereas we want to focus more on, on value delivery. And what we see is that we need multiple teams to, to impact, uh, to, to create impact for our customers, and not only uh, scrum teams, but also business teams. And this requires kind of way of working across departments and teams, so a cross-functional cooperation. And we did a lot to optimize this locally, but we don't have a more generic or standardized uh, way of, uh, of working together. So within the stream, uh, we are developing this way of working, and we also try to experiment with this, uh, this way of working in the company to really implement more effective product management in, in our organization. Um, yeah, the second stream is about uh, our flight level system. This is uh, something we learned from Klaus Leopold, uh, who visited us. And this is about establishing uh, impactful interactions between teams uh, on all kinds of levels. So this can be either on a strategic level for our board members to prioritize on, on, uh, on, on strategic uh, objectives, but it's also about facilitating team of team interactions to make sure dependencies are managed effectively. Um, yeah, there are two other streams within the four main streams. Um, one of them is uh, focused on architecture because this is more about how we organize around value delivery. But it's very important that there should be a supportive architecture to be, sh to be sure that also our teams can work autonomously uh, with autonomy on this, uh, uh, on this value stream. Um, so that, uh, value st that uh, stream is about that. And uh, the last one of the four is uh, about uh, our strategic objectives uh, cascading down to our teams. So even though we want to have good autonomy, 
Also, the alignment is very important for our teams. And yeah, in the past, or even today, we are not really good at choosing within Bull.com. So it's really important that there's a clear guidance or direction from, uh, from board level so that our teams understand how they can make impact on those strategic objectives. And today, we don't have really a clear and transparent process for that. So our aim with this stream is to set up uh, a transparent process for everybody to understand how strategic direction cascades down to, to our team level. So that, those are the four, ba uh, four main uh, work streams. Uh, and then I explained there are some, uh, uh, some uh, enabling streams. Um, that's about uh, how we are scaling up with our innovation. So we see uh, by choosing for becoming a, a tech platform, we need a lot of more tech power in our company. And that needs a plan how to get there. So that's about staffing and swift recruitment, swift onboarding, etc. Um, it's also about how we uh, set up our teams for success. So um, it's not really clear how our roles are defined in our company. And um, this stream is about understanding a little bit how we should organize this in the company and how we should define the roles of product management, for example, but also in terms of accountabilities. Um, then it's really important to become more and more data-driven, also to enable experimentation more in our company and to embrace the experimentation culture. So this stream is to support our teams to get good measurements on their product, uh, but also to make it, uh, yeah, of course it would be nice, but real-time uh, visible how they impact uh, uh, ball.com. And the last one is really uh, more strategic and is focusing on the, on, on the far future. And that's, uh, that's, a that's a stream where we want to um, understand better what's coming uh, towards us in like five, up to five years. So that's about defining different horizons uh, with different initiatives um, in order to make the teams ready for that. So that was about cool. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, I, I give this. I think this gives a pretty good impression, uh, also on 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 the, on the way we are moving forward and how we're uh, going to achieve this this business agility. Because that I, th I think that the uh, like the four main subjects are really about that uh, getting to this business agility. That and that we think that the way to get there is product teams basically. And the other thing is getting the interaction uh, between these teams, right? Because one of the things that I think we learned from doing Scrum and focusing really on autonomous team is that these teams became so autonomous that they sometimes forgot that they had to interact to create actual value for customers. And, mm -hmm. uh, and we're kind of solving that now with this initiative. Is that also the way you see it or did I miss anything? No, you, you've, you've pointed it out uh, uh, perfectly. Um, I think that we that we're, we're not we we don't we don't aim for teams not being autonomous anymore, but you need to be aware of the fact that even if you are autonomous, you are still a part of a bigger uh, a bigger whole, mm -hmm. namely uh, Bold.com. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and we want to achieve as much as as possible within that whole. Um, yeah. So yeah, you you put it correctly. Okay. So and then then looking at the uh, the the way where where we are uh, the the stream where we are creating these uh, these product groups. What what will be the the main items or the main themes we'll be focusing on there? Well, it's a very difficult question. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's it's a very good question and and a fair question. Um, what we've learned over the last month is that. 
everybody is really interested in how we are going to define products in our organization. And what we also learned is that a lot of people are trying to be a solution hero in this process. Even we experience that ourselves for ourselves. Can you, can you give a small example of what we call in Bold.com a product? Just for the audience to, to understand what we mean by that. Yeah, well, um, a product should be a, a value creating process. Um, at least it would be best if that would be for an end customer. So that means um, you want to have a good understanding what these value streams are. And this can be either uh, one team, but it's, it can be also like six, six product teams within a product. And today we are still figuring out what would be the best for Bold.com. And that's also kind of hard to really point exactly what a product will be within Bold.com. So what our approach is so far, we're still in the middle of this process, is that we first want to really understand uh, uh, the, uh, the complexity today. So what we see is that on a top level, it's quite easy to, to point out some major topics and define them as a domain, for example. But what you see is that the teams are having a lot of dependencies and cooperations with each other. So what we do now first is we work together with the teams to understand and make a kind of mapping of this complexity and how they impact ball.com. So that's what we do at this moment. And that should lead to the discussion with management also to, um, to understand what we need to solve in a future situation. If we need to solve something, because I do think we do a lot of good things in our company already, and that there are a couple of domains which are maybe already products. And with that input, we should decide uh, what to change for the future. And we still have to decide that. So uh, maybe for the next podcast, we can uh, come back to that. But we don't know that exactly today. But maybe to add up, to add to that, the, in the direction that we're thinking of, and, and, and also in the examples that we have from other companies, is that we see a chain of product domains. And for example, a payment could be one of those domains. Maybe that's the one that that's, speaks to itself the most. Yeah. And, it, and then, of course, within that payment domain, there is a payment for customers, our checkout, or there is fraud, or there is invoices. And these could be potentially be maybe products. And within such a product as a checkout or as, as, as fraud or maybe invoices, there are, there are um, product teams within. So the product teams within a product, they form a chain. The products within a product domain form a chain. And the, do and the product domain with other products domains form a chain as well. So it's... Um, so and right now we say, okay, you're a Scrum team and you have several services in your uh, uh, operational excellence, we call it. And we, and we should change that mindset into uh, thinking out that this combination of services makes this product. So that, that's an extra level in between, right? So right now all the services are talking with each other, but instead we, we define a combination of services as being one product. I don't think that the strength of, of product is in the label, are you a product or not? But do you do proper product management? Uh, and, and with that, we mean, do you eventually, are you outcome driven instead of output driven? I think that we are currently today much more focused on output than on outcome. And what should we change to become more outcome uh, driven? That's the 
question then. Eh? Again, <laughs> that's a trick question. Again, also, <laughs> thanks again. with these difficult questions. Um, yeah, what should we do? What's your question, right? Yes, to 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 move from uh, an output driven to an outcome driven. Yeah, I think it it starts all with mindset. Okay. So I think it's uh, uh, because it's it's kind of in our culture maybe to work in this way, and I think also in our IT development process we really focus on features, and now we see that the business needs to be more involved in defining together also the outcome. So how we impact our organization. So I think it it really starts from top level mm-hmm. to understand uh, where we want to make impact, how we are successful and how we remain successful as a company and I think I think if you don't start there I think it will be really hard to 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 to, to work that down towards the teams on the other hand what we also figured out is that uh, we did a lot of workshops with our teams and it's really good to to have this conversation with the teams to to ask them okay I understand your process KPI I understand your uptime but how do you make impact for our customer and by having this conversation, a lot of good de- good ideas and um, uh, things pop up within the teams, and and also over there they start already figuring out how to make impact. Uh, yeah, we worked last year together, Peter Paul, yeah. uh, within uh, Retail Technologies, and we also experienced this process to uh, to work together with the teams towards a goal to let them define also how to make impact. So I see it in two ways. So we should uh, help the teams uh, in this in this way of thinking, so it's about mindset, uh, but also we need management to start thinking in this way and don't think in features, for example. Yeah, because that's also where the example and the, the should come from for the mindset, right? Because of the way you do things uh, on a re- repetitive way, that's also what your mindset becomes, because that's what the example Yeah, so one of the, the sentences that we are uh, very happy always to use is that we say if the desired state is agility the way there should be agile so if you want to change your mindset you should you should be part of that mindset you can't ask teams and departments to think in a certain way if if management and and board level is not also thinking in that way and you're in earlier in this uh, conversation when you added to Hessel, you became uh, you said something about how products uh, would uh, interact in a, in a product domain and how product uh, domains would interact uh, to uh, get more value for bold.com as a whole, as a whole. That's of course where the interaction between uh, the these things comes in place, and that's w- what your stream is about, right? Yeah. So my stream is about. Um meaningful, in, uh, yeah, impactful interactions between mm-hmm. teams and between departments. and um, But even if we are not transforming to products, we still uh, have to have those meaningful interactions. Sure. Um, yeah, so even if we don't have stream one where Hessel is working yeah. on, still uh, I, I still right? have a job. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> well, that's good, that's good <coughs> for you. Hey, and what do you mean by, by meaningful interactions? Because... Yeah, so let me give you an example. So uh, for this year, we started with tracking the uh, the strategies within the OGSM. So for the first time, the the every strategy within the OGSM has a KPI, and every strategy is divided uh, sometimes by four substrategies or five substrategies. So now every three months, we are tracking how are we doing on those uh, strategies. 
And what I find very funny is that we started with this process and then the first, for the first time, because there was a, a presentation coming up, we had this OGSM update, people within that strategy who are working on the same goal finally got together and started talking about what is, what is the objective that we want to achieve within the, within the year? How do we break that objective down to actual work that we want to achieve in the next 90 days? Where are we conflicting with each other? Um, and, and that, to me, is a meaningful interaction because those sub-strategy leads, uh, they are all in different departments and they are optimizing for their own sub-strategy. Mm -hmm. But if they, if they come together and if they work together as one group, then they can improve and achieve much more for the whole strategy because of the time. I think we have to explain OGSM in, in the show notes. <laughs> <for Yeah. laughs> we'll do that. But it stands for object, <laughs> Objectives, Goals, Strategies, and the Measurements to, right. uh, to check if, they're, yeah. if you reach them. Um, so and you got ins inspired to, to make this meaningful interactions by the, the story of Klaus Leopold, right? That's what, uh, was, what, that was what the flight levels are about, and to, to check if we are doing the, the correct things. Is that... Yeah, that's that, that. That was the that was the trigger, and um, and that it also gave me the insight that currently we have something like the, o, the 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 OGSM, the bold.com OGSM on strate strategic level, and we have a lot of teams working in the operational level. That's what that's what Klaus calls the the flight level one. But we have nothing in between, so there is a huge gap to whatever the board comes up with and the teams come up with, and. Uh, um, he adds in between the flight level two, where you do end-to-end -end coordination on a subject, and that subject could be a product if we have those products, and otherwise it remains strategies or projects or uh, other initiatives. And, and that's also the layer where you add the WIP limits, where you create focus for the teams. And um, one of the things that I've seen in the, in the past few months that we've been working on this is that we see so much work in our system that we optimize for having a lot of work in parallel instead of optimizing for finishing work. Because when we start to finish work, that's where we add value. Mm -hmm. and, and, but that's something I already heard when I started at Bold.com in, 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 in 2012. Yeah. Uh, somebody said, well... Uh, uh, stop starting, start finishing. So nothing new over there, I would say, but but still we have to realize it again, I, uh, I suppose. Yeah, it's nothing new, and um, uh, and 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 that's why this is this started as a program, but this topic is never going to be finished. You have to keep improving it uh, continuously because the world around you changes. We started doing this ten years ago. But then I was one of the one of the nine product owners, and it was very easy to have an imp impactful interaction because you exactly knew who you had to have for that certain subject. Today we have 115 Scrum teams with 115 product owners. Um, yeah, so that's just it's nothing new, but it's more it became more complex. complex yeah, complexity increased. Yeah, so make it simple again. That's the yeah the message. Yeah. What, what did we learn from other organizations in here? Because I don't think Bold.com is the first one to uh, encounter this problem. For instance, when I always hear about, about agile skill, maybe it's a very blunt question, but, but there's something uh, called uh, the, the skilled agile framework. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Why don't we just pick that one and implement it and go for it? Well, 
<laughs> well, we we are definitely open to see what's happening in the market, and I think it's also our job to keep very focused on that to understand uh, what, what, what's uh, what's being learned in other companies. Uh, so we also visited uh, a company using uh, the Safe uh, framework, and uh, also uh, had a lot of conversations about them, how they implemented this, and what it really brought to them. Uh, personally, I'm not really a fan of uh, of the skilled agile frame uh, framework, um, and I don't think uh, it should it's the best fit for ball.com. But what we also learned from the different companies who implemented, for example, Safe, they never implemented it like one on one, uh, like the theory. So also they picked, they cherry picked things that worked for their company, and they also adapt every 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 quarter or every week. They do. Uh, they retrospect on it, and they they change. So, even though it's a framework, it's still a starting point of how to work. And I think that's 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 basically that's the most important thing. I think we learned from other companies. Don't stick to like a, a one framework or don't stick to one thing, but try to understand, to experiment, and to learn what's working for your company. So there are some really interesting principles or or things in Safe, but also in Less or in other frameworks that can be very interesting for, for us. But we have to figure out ourselves what should be our framework for our skilled agile way of working. Okay, and what are, what are the next steps for, uh, for the program? Yeah, we are uh, full, uh, full, uh, full focused on it uh, today. Uh, and as you heard already before, um, we are still uh, developing our way of working, etc. But um, where we are today is that we are really trying to, to really understand the complexity we're trying to solve with the teams. So we're talking a lot with our product owners, a lot of with our teams, our team managers. Um, so that's something we're working on today. And um, what's next is that we uh, keep continuing experimenting uh, on the things we, we think about. Uh, for example, Yurin is starting a lot of interactions with team, team of teams to understand what, what's working well, for example, how do you use the OKR format, the objective key result format in this, uh, in this way of working? Um, within my stream, I will start tomorrow with a working group how to develop our way of working together and how to, how to implement this or how to test it. Um, and as a team with all the stream leads, or the, um, yeah, we will also start our impactful interactions every week to make sure we make uh, progress in parallel. So that's where we are today. And what we try to avoid is to be a waterfall program uh, ourselves, since we also have to practice what you preach. Yeah, be agile. <laughs> be agile, exactly. Yeah. So I think also we are very curious where we are in like, uh, like the end of the year. But we do hope that by then uh, we have developed a kind of common language if it comes to our innovation process. And we also hope that we really helped some teams already. We did some experiments with product teams to really understand what works for us and how we, uh, how we improve our innovation process. That's a lot of stuff uh, going on there. So yeah, let's go to the closing round. Um, to summarize for our listeners, can you share, uh, Jorin, uh, your most important takeaway with us? Um, the most important takeaway for me in the for, the, for the last few weeks is that the reality is really complex. So don't expect us to come with a quick solution. And this been this been an issue or a challenge maybe uh, for the for the past ten years that I've been working at Boldercom, and it only became complex because 
we as a company became bigger and more more complex. And we really need to make it a lot simpler again. So doing less and, and finishing instead of optimizing for for a lot more work in the whole system. And what about you? Uh, yeah, well, I think that's a really good summary of uh, the key takeaways. Um, I think it's really, yeah, it's really about value creation. I think it's really about being agile in this process, like Yorin already mentioned, and yeah, accept the uncertainty that comes with it. So I think that's the most uh, most important things next to the topics Yorin told already. Okay, yeah, thanks, Jorin and Hessel, uh, for sharing uh, your stories with us. Uh, in the preparation, you said, yeah, we want to keep it kind of small, but uh, when you start explaining it, sometimes feels like, like a whole uh, earthquake going on with, with, this, uh, with this program. So uh, I'm really curious what, uh, what uh, the future will look like. Um, yeah, we, we had the time to, to dive into and to come to the conclusion that it has to do with mindset and that it has to do with meaningful interaction. But for sure, there will be a lot more uh, in it that uh, maybe in the next uh, episode we can talk about. So, hope you enjoyed it, um, being uh, here as much as we did. And I hope you to have you in another uh, episode. Cool. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like this episode, check some of the others and subscribe to our feed. Go to Spotify or iTunes, search for TechLab and subscribe. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. Hope to meet you in our next episode. Have fun.